choices, 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 choices. This pericope from Luke's gospel is all about choices. It is also about how Jesus shows up in our everyday life to invite us to make choices that line up with God's plan and purpose for our lives. Every character in this story is making choices. First, Jesus chooses to minister to a crowd who was hungry to receive a word from God. Then he had to choose which one of the two boats he would enter. He chose Peter's boat. Peter had a couple of choices of his own. One, he chose to let Jesus use his boat, his source of livelihood. And then being an experienced fisherman, probably tired and frustrated from having fished all night with no success, he had to choose between packing up his net and going home and following through on instructions from a carpenter gone itinerant preacher. The third choice I saw in this scripture was the choice James and John had to make in deciding if they would help their partners bring in a load of fish after having fished all night. And lastly, all of them, Peter, James, John, and perhaps some of them that were with them, all had to decide if they would give up their livelihood, give up their way of life, what they knew and understood to embrace the unknown. They had to choose to give up all, all they had to follow Jesus. This was about as far as I had gotten in my time of reflection on the word choice when the saga of Virginia government happened. Men who clearly had committed acts in which they should, by all accounts, find shame and regret were for reasons I can only speculate about, chose to defend themselves and to deny the offenses of their actions. Men who had choices when the events occurred, occurred, men who had choices when the events came to light, and men who still have choices even now. Choices of God-given freedom that we all have and we exercise this freedom to a great degree all day, every day. To do so is to live life. Living life is to decide how we are to act, what to do to, in spending our time, or with whom or what we want to interact. And periodically we make bigger choices. We choose where we want to live, what career we want who would be a good mate for us, and on and on and on. And we even have the right to choose how we will respond to what happens in our life. We have the right to choose our attitude about our adversities or privileges in our life. We have the right to choose how we will respond to the forces of life all around us. Choice, I would say, is a supreme gift. And we don't always recognize it either as a gift or the fact that it is supreme. There are two companions to choice that I want to highlight to this evening. One, with choices come consequences. And while we have the freedom to choose, we don't have the right 
or the freedom to control the consequences of our actions. Any attempt to do so is an attempt to take away the God-given freedom of choice that others possess. Consequences, an inevitable companion to choice, whether good or bad, will follow us. And all too often they follow others who are connected to us as well. Choices, choices, choices. As I sat with this text, I was reminded of the many women I ministered to in the city jail a few years ago. Women who, for the most part, had made choices without considering their far-reaching consequences. Women who seldom looked past what they wanted at the moment that they wanted it, hardly ever giving consideration to how others might be affected by it. Childish thinking, I would say. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put, away, put an end to childish ways. And sometimes people make every attempt to blame others rather than face the consequences of their actions. Then there are times when family and friends tell us that to accept the consequences of our behavior is to throw your life away. Don't throw your life away. Don't throw your life away this way. <laughs> However, like Peter being called to go into the deep waters of Lake Gennesaret, sometimes we are called to go into the deep waters of living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, waters that are too high and too deep to match our known understanding. Sometimes we are called to move past our fears and thoughts that our lives will be thrown away. In today's Old Testament reading, Isaiah is in the presence of God and is being called by God to take a message to God's people. And Isaiah protests by saying, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And when Simon Peter saw the sin of his action, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Both Isaiah and Peter felt the magnitude of their unworthiness. A seraphim cleanses Isaiah's lips with a burning coal, and Jesus offers a cleansing word to Peter. Whatever their troubled hearts felt, they were able to let go as God set them on a new course and empowered them for new work in the kingdom. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, says the Lord, will find it. It is God alone who can transform that which is evil for good. It is God alone that can relieve us of the consequences of our behavior if it's not for the good. And it's God's grace and mercy that can turn around everything for good and make it so that our life is not thrown away. And yes, consequences is one of the many companions of choice, and another is responsibility. God has also given us the ability to think for ourselves, a gift that has to be nurtured in a child, 
This is what enables us to separate right from wrong. The transition from youth to adulthood makes us responsible for the choices we make in life. Adulthood is about making choices that serve the good of all. We sometimes make a choice that does not serve us or anyone else for good. And having choices doesn't mean that we will like and embrace the options available to us. We may have to choose among two or more options that we would prefer to avoid. Winston Churchill once said that the price of greatness is responsibility. At times, the consequences of our choices are painful and may limit future choices even. Nevertheless, as adults, we must make them. And when we take responsibility for our actions and decisions, we are accountable for the choices we have, we've made. Positive accountability means then that you make choices that will assist you to take control of your life, not as a victim, but as a victor. I mean, you can take your nets and go home, or you can go into the deep waters of life. One of the most impactful decisions I ever made in my life was a decision to divorce. It was a choice that produced a lot of surprise fallout. Friends with whom I had long-term relationships were no longer available. Invitations stopped. Opportunities for celebrations were no longer open to me, and I had little to no control over the consequences of my decision. But I had to choose to accept all of this as consequences of my decision. But I also had to take responsibility for my attitude towards my friends and my losses. I had to make a choice that would make me the victor and not the victim. Taking responsibility calls for honesty and humility. And what I've learned is that following God's call is not a single event. It is a lifelong process. Filled with much failure, punctuated with occasional bright points of success, and is always about choice. I am convinced that we are called to continue Jesus' ministry to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and to let the oppressed go free, whether in church, in the street, or at the Capitol. All that we have been given, every opportunity presented to us is an opportunity to choose to continue to follow Jesus Christ. The message in Luke's gospel is not so much one of acceptance or recognition of a call, it is one of obedience. A call to discipleship is something that God has both commanded and enabled. Listen once again to Paul's word. I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, 
I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. The choices we make shape us to be the unique individuals that we are. They set us apart from one another. Our life as it is is but a series of choices we've been making over a lifetime. We live with those choices for the rest of our lives, and we are free to continue choosing. That, of course, begs the question, what do we choose to leave behind to follow Jesus? And what have we failed to leave behind to follow Jesus? God calls us to follow Christ today just as surely as he called Peter, James, and John. And just as Jesus was involved in the everyday concerns of the fishermen, our Lord calls to each of us in our ordinary, everyday lives and invites us to follow him. Sometimes that call is a radical call around vocation, and sometimes it's a call to feed God's sheep right where we are, whether it's in our families, at work, in the church, our communities, or at the state capitol. May the deep waters bear you up and carry you where wind and spirit direct even to places and shores that you would not necessarily go. For the glory we seek is not what will be left behind, rather what we are walking toward, as long as we are walking with Christ. The invitation to the leaders in our government is the same as it is for each of us. Go ahead, throw away your life, throw it away for Christ. And may we hear the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? May the response be that of a victor. Here I am, Lord, send me.